Critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey thinkers, what's up? Welcome back. Kathy Gibbons here. Um, I recently received some new podcast reviews from some listeners that I would love to share with you guys here. So this one comes from the handle Rebecca671. <laughs> she says this, when I first listened to this podcast, I immediately loved it. Kathy's so friendly and very sensitive while addressing a sensitive topic. I have been chagrined on multiple occasions when she calls out fallacies I commit every day without realizing it. Although it seems like she's mostly talking to adults, I think this podcast is great for everyone. Teens, kids, adults, you name it. I recently listened to the five tips for a good conversation episode and it hit home. I remembered some heated conversations where all we were accomplishing was making each other angry. If everyone could listen to this podcast, it might we might have a nicer world to live in. I 100% recommend this podcast. Oh my gosh, Rebecca, thank you so, so much for taking the time to review this podcast. Seriously, your review has encouraged me. And yes, this podcast is for, I, I love when adults listen. I love when teens listen. I love when families listen together, parents and their, um, and their kids. I, I think it's, I think it's fabulous. Um, and, and I agree many conversations would go so much better if more people had these skills. So let me ask you guys, if you haven't left a review for the podcast yet, would you please just take a quick minute and do so? Or would you take a minute and just hit the share button and share this with somebody who you think might like the podcast. Um, it means so much to me and it helps get the show be found by more people and just spread the word. So anyways, I want to give a quick shout out to our new sponsor, CTC Math. Are you a homeschooler that's looking for a great math program? CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective by using creative graphics and animation that are going to hopefully grab your child's attention. Here's a great testimonial from Lori. She said, one day my 10 year old was in tears over math and oh my goodness, Lori, uh, if you hear this, we have been there too in, in my family. I tried my best to help her, but ended up in tears as well. We prayed together, and that very night, I received an email offer for CTC Math. The following Monday, we reviewed the curriculum together. She was willing to give it a shot, and we have never looked back. Uh, that's awesome. I love it that they found a great program. Um, if you want to give CTC Math a try, start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. And you can just check... Uh, just look at the show notes. You can get the link and there's even a link for 50% off when you do sign up. So super cool. Okay, y'all. In today's episode, this is going to be a little bit longer. Um, I kept it short yesterday and the next episode will be short, but this one's going to be a little bit longer because I want to answer a question I have received several times lately. Most recently, I was asked this by a student in the Great American Outpost homeschool group, Daniel. Uh, Great American Outpost GAO uses this podcast as part of their curriculum when they study logic. So Daniel had been listening to the podcast and learning about fallacies, and I got to meet him when I went to speak at his homeschool group recently, and Daniel asked me this question. What do you do if someone you're in a conversation with uses a fallacy? 
okay, that's a good question. And if he's asking, there's probably some other, some others of you who have the same question as well. So I'm going to guess that now that you're learning about the fallacies, you are starting to see and hear them a lot, or at least way more than you used to. You're probably catching yourself using them. You're catching them in advertisements and news articles, and you're probably starting to catch them in real life conversations with other people. And that presents you a new dilemma. What do you do with it? Do you point it out? Do you tell them they committed a fallacy? Do you holler, that's a red herring? (laughs) Do you laugh? Do you pretend it never happened so you don't embarrass them? Do you avoid it so you don't cause an argument? Right? All these things. You have so many options. How on earth are you going to know what to do? Okay, so I do have a few suggestions for you, but the thing I need to say up front is that there's no way I can address every single scenario in a short, short-ish podcast. So I'm going to try to give you a few principles that may be able to help, and then I'll give you a couple suggestions on how you can consider going about it. So the first principle that I feel is foundational, and these are going to be principles to having to, to addressing an issue with somebody that are foundational, not just for if they commit a fallacy, but any other if there's any other kind of issue that you need to address with somebody, these principles are going to help you in that scenario as well. So this first principle comes from Ephesians 4.15, where we're told to, and I quote, speak the truth in love, end quote, um, as a path toward becoming more mature. Definitely check out that chapter. Um, it's pretty meaty. But those words, speaking the truth in love, help us to know how to respond to somebody. First, we're to speak the truth but we are to do it in love. Okay, so let me give you an example of this. This is something that I heard a long time ago that has always stuck with me, and I think it might help you too. So imagine if you're over at my house and I cook you a nice, juicy, perfectly cooked ribeye steak. My favorite. Super yum, right? Okay, so you're, I'm like, do you want a steak? Yes. How do you want it done? I want it medium well. So I cook it up for you and it is perfect. It smells amazing. It's sizzling. Your mouth is watering. You can't wait to eat this steak that I just cooked for you. And as I'm bringing it over to you to serve it to you, I pick it up and I hit you in the face with it, right? Steak in the face. Now, how effective is that? (laughs) Are you excited about your steak now? Or did I just turn something that you were really looking forward to that would be really good into a really terrible experience? Yeah, that's totally what I did, right? Now, that is an example of people who are heavy on the truth, but they serve it up with no love, right? It's steak in the face. It might be true, but the way that I served it to you, the way that I deliver this truth to you has made it so that you don't even want to eat it. Not only do you not want to eat it, but you're mad at me now. And it did, it did no good. It did, it didn't help you enjoy the steak at all. You didn't get any of the truth out of it. I made you, I used the truth almost as a weapon and made you angry and completely shut down the conversation. Do you see the do you see the difference? How effective is that? Do you like being effective? Do you not like being effective? So that's the steak in the face method. Now, let's imagine the same scenario, same perfectly cooked steak. It's all ready, it's on the plate, it's just how you like it, it's sizzling, it's beautiful. And right before I serve it to you, I pour a cup of water all over it, all over the plate, just some cold water doused all over your steak. Now, how appealing is that? I didn't smack you in the face, but do you still want the steak? 
No, it's going to be gross now. I watered it down so much that it's completely unappealing and you don't even want it. Like who would want to eat a steak that's been doused in water, right? So that can happen. That's the version of it that can happen when we're overly concerned with quote unquote the love and we're so worried about hurting their feelings that we leave out any truth. And so we don't deliver any truth at all. So the perfect combination between the two, between the truth and love is the delicious steak, the truth, but served up in a way that makes someone want to eat it. It's truth spoken in love and delivered in a winsome way. Okay, so hopefully that first principle has laid a good foundation for how to approach the truth. We have to speak truth and we have to do it in love. Now, here's foundational principle number two. You can only deliver what the relationship can handle. Not every relationship is the same. You probably have a pretty close relationship with your parents, your siblings, your best friend, right? Those relationships are that are longstanding and solid can handle more, can handle more truth, can handle more pushing, say, than someone you work with for, for, you, for just a few hours a week or an acquaintance that you only see on occasion. And, and then there's the category of people you don't know, that you just don't know, that you might get into a random conversation with about something. Each of those relationships have different depth and different history, and therefore they can handle different things. The relationship you have with the person you're talking to will play a part in determining how you're going to address things when they commit a fallacy in the conversation. For instance, let's say it's your sibling and they also listen to this podcast along with you in the car, right? It's probably going to be okay to say, oh, well, that was a red herring. You totally changed the subject. That relationship can handle it. And you both have the context to be able to say that. They will know the verbiage and they'll know what you're talking about. But let's say it's someone from church who's much older than you and you happen to be chatting with them on a Sunday after church is over and they happen to commit a red herring fallacy in what they say, that may not be the time to call them out, right? You don't have the same relationship with them, nor do you have the same context with them as you had with your sibling. Telling them, oh, that was a red herring, isn't going to mean anything to them and it's just going to make things weird. So that might not be the time to do it. Okay, here's the third principle I want to give you to help guide you in knowing how to address fallacies committed by others. You have to pick your battles. You have to pick your battles, you guys. Not every statement that someone says needs to be argued with. There are some things that if someone said, you can just be like, okay, whatever, and move on with your life. There are people, the thing that I want to encourage you to do is to not become a professional offense taker. This is somebody who every time somebody says something wrong or says something that hits them just a little bit, a little bit wrong, they think it's their job that they are put on earth to correct everyone to the world according to how they see it, right? And I'm being a little bit extreme here, but there are people that are kind of like that. And let me ask you, are you super excited to be around that person? Are they winsome? Is that person delivering a steak on a plate in such a way that people can't wait to eat it? Or do they just become annoying, right? Do they become the 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 sounding brass that the Bible talks about when we speak without love? So we have to pick our battles. We have to decide, okay, what are the what are the times that it does matter that it's important for me to speak up here and what are the times that it really just doesn't and I I don't have to 
I don't have to say my two cents. Okay, now that leads into the fourth and last principle that I want to give you as a foundation to help you decide how to address fallacies committed by others. And it's this question, what is your motivation in wanting to address it? Do you want to address it just to win? Do you just want to do it to fight? Do you want to do it to be quote unquote right? To make yourself look smarter? To prove them wrong? If those kind of things are your motivations, I'm just going to say you might need to check yourself and your motivations because you might just be doing this for selfish reasons, just to make yourself look good or to try to win a fight. And that's not going to go well. That's going to be stake in the face, right? And you don't want to do that. But if your motivation is to seek truth, is to elevate truth and to try to love the truth, to try to love God with your mind, that's a different ballgame. And your chances of addressing things well is much higher if that's the perspective that you're coming from. Okay, so with those four principles as a foundation, here are a few options that you can turn to when someone uses a fallacy in a conversation. I've got three. Um, Option number one, you can just let it go, right? We we kind of talked about that. Maybe the fallacy they commit is about something that really doesn't matter. So is it worth it to call it out? Now, one exception to that might be if you're a parent and you're wanting to teach your child critical thinking, you might point it out on little things because little things can be good training opportunities. But for the most part, you just need to decide, ah, this doesn't matter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to point it out unless it's somebody that you like geeking out about fallacies with anyways, then that's fun to do. But if they don't like geeking out about fallacies, you might just let some of that stuff go. All right, option number two, if you feel like the topic is important and it's leading the person to making some wrong, impossible, hurtful conclusions, you can say something, but you can do it without saying, you just committed a fallacy, right? Because they might even be like, well, what's a fallacy? If they don't have any idea, now it doesn't, it's not helpful to say that. So try something like this. What if you were to say, let me back up for just a minute. You said X, Y, Z, and I want to be sure I understand what you're saying because it didn't make sense to me. Okay, so asking them to go back and kind of repeat something, that gives them a chance to stop and think about what think about what they just said and to see if they can come to the conclusion themselves that they made a thinking error. You guys, never underestimate the power of asking a good question. Questions are powerful because the most powerful form of realization is self-realization. You could tell someone they made a mistake and they just might fight you about it. But if they can realize for themselves that they made a mistake, the chances of them being able to accept the fact that they made a mistake goes up much higher. So try asking a question. Can you explain what you mean by... Or how does that compare to, or what about in this situation? Guys, this is why in every single episode, I teach you the thinking error behind each fallacy. And I give you the question to ask when you're faced with it. It's so that you can not only identify that someone has made a thinking error, but so that you can also identify what that error is. And you can now ask a good question to get them to look at their own thinking. Questions are powerful. Okay, option number three would be in a situation where the stakes are higher. Let's say you're in a conversation with a good friend and they're going down a line of thinking where the results could be significant. 
It could have a significant impact on their life if they continue in the bad thinking or on other people's lives. And let's say you've asked questions and they're still not getting it. This is when I would pull out the fallacy and say, look, that's a red herring. It means the answer you're giving is just avoiding the question and you haven't addressed the issue at hand. Would you mind speaking to the actual issue, please? Okay, you see how I'm able to be a bit more direct and speak the truth, but still do it in love? And guys, these are these are people and conversation skills that are going to be so important in life. And so this is why I'm teaching them to you now so that you can start practicing them. And yes, fallacies is a great way to practice them, but you're going to find a lot of other applications for this as well. All right, y'all, I know this is a longer episode than I normally do, but I have had this question several times and wanted to really give a thoughtful answer. So hopefully this helps. That is it for today. Remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughabraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughabraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughabraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life.